Okay, so, where's my Bible? There it is. So, uh, as you may or may not know, uh, as a church, every year we read one of the biographies of Jesus' life between Christmas and Easter. So, between Jesus' birth and Jesus' death, we read one of the four biographies of Jesus' life. And we take the time to read it together, to unpack it on Sundays, and to then unpack it further in our home groups if we want to. And so, this year we are reading together the book of Mark. Uh, Who's reading along so far? Yes, well done everybody. You all get brownie points. Well done. Um, so, we are, this week we are reading chapters 2 and 3, and um, I'm just going to quickly go over what happens in those, in case you did miss it. So, Jesus has kind of launched himself onto the scene. He's done a whole bunch of miracles already. He heals a whole bunch of people, casts out a whole load of... Uh, demons and evil spirits, all very exciting. Um, He really, really seriously annoys some really religious people by doing stuff that he shouldn't do on a certain day of the week. Um, And then Jesus picks his team. He appoints 12 disciples or apostles, or I like to call them apprentices, people who are kind of coming with Jesus on the journey, who are learning how to do what he does and go and represent him out out in the world. Um, And that's basically what happens this week. That's what we see happening this week. Um, And so today, I want to zoom in on something which Jesus does in these chapters, which honestly fills me with anxiety. It absolutely fills me with anxiety. But I also think it tells us a whole lot about who Jesus is and why he's different from other earthly leaders. So in order to demonstrate what it is that fills me with anxiety, uh, we're going to play a quick game of netball. So I need two people to be team captains. Just hands up. Yep, Pippa, you're a captain. And yeah, Cheryl, you're a captain. Come up here. So we're going to play a quick game of netball. Um, what, what, what I'd like you guys to do is, is uh, I just I, the first thing we need to do, obviously, is pick your teams. So everybody in the room is going to be on your team. Um, so pick your team. Go on, Pippa, you go first. This side? No, no, no. You have to pick people one at a time or you'll destroy my demonstration. Henry. Henry gets picked, okay. Uh, Kiri. Kiri gets picked, good. If you've been chosen, come and stand up in your team. Ryan. Ryan gets picked. Mm, Eeny, meeny, miny. Abby. Abby gets picked, okay. Darren. Darren, okay. Oh, I'm picking again. Um, Diane. Okay, I'm going to stop this awfulness before it goes any further. Let's just have a quick hands up. Who's feeling absolutely horrible right now? Yeah? Yeah? Oh, that's less people than I thought, to be honest, but I am absolutely on your team. Okay, thank you. Please go and sit down. Well, there you go. Don't even know what netball is. Frankly, neither do I. It's like basketball, but less. Anybody who is interested in a game of netball, Cheryl, is very much up for putting a team together. Um, Okay, so that was awful. That was absolutely awful. I mean, how horrible was that? Um, Does that conjure up any memories for people? Do people remember those situations in school? Yeah, um, I've never been sporty. That's never been my thing. Um, And so when it came to picking teams for sport at school, I was always picked last. Okay, that wasn't too bad. Always picked last. And to be honest, at school, I also wasn't all that bright. So if you're picking teams for, like, academic stuff, I also was generally picked last. Thank you. Very good. But there was one thing that I was really good at, and that was being dramatic. So when it came to the school plays... Yeah, thank you, hecklers at the back. So when it came to being dramatic, I was always picked first, because I'm very dramatic. And so, you know, it's all, not all bad news. But 
Um, that kind of feeling during those moments, like, I wonder what, what was going on inside of each of us and what we were remembering. Like, how were you feeling whilst you were waiting to be picked? And I actually want to hear from you. So how were you feeling whilst you were waiting to be picked just then? Gross, thank you. Anybody else? Anxious, yep. You were excited, that's fine, that's good, it's all good. Indifferent because you never get picked. Okay, that's, that's legit. Anything else? Worthless, yeah, thank you. No, ge genuinely, thank you. That's because that's what those moments kind of conjure up in us, isn't it? Um, what about the people who were picked first? So the Kiris and the Darrens and the Henrys of the world. So if you were picked first, how did you feel? Surprised, okay. <laughs> Anything else? Apprehensive, yeah. I'm still like, oh, what am I going to be asked to do? It's a lot big. You were impressed at Pippa's good judgment. You thought, there's a woman who knows a quality person. She picks a good team. And what about the people who were picked last or waiting to be picked? Like, let's be really, let's be really honest. How were we feeling in those moments as we were waiting to be picked? The inevitability of being picked last. So there's a little narrative going, it's going to be me, isn't it? I'm going to be the one stood there like a lemon being picked last, and everyone's going to know that I'm the last person to be picked for this team. What about you guys doing the picking? How did you feel? All eyes on you. And did you, f did you feel a, a moment of tension to kind of think, oh, goodness, I want to be kind to the people in the room? You know, there's people in the room that I don't know. I don't want anyone to feel left out. Good grief. What an absolute minefield. What an absolute minefield. So can you understand why, when reading John 3 this week, I feel a little pang of anxiety when Jesus stands up and picks his team? When Jesus stands up and picks his 12 apprentices? Um, because we read about it in Mark chapter 3. It goes a bit like this. Afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones that he wanted to go with him, and they came to him. Then he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles. They were to accompany him, and he would send them out to preach, giving them authority to cast out demons. These are the 12 that he chose. Simon, who he named Peter, James and John, the son of Zebedee, but Jesus nicknamed them the sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who would later betray him. So Jesus takes this moment to pick his team, to pick the 12 people that he's going to work with the most closely over the next three years. He basically picks his A-team. Now, I want us all to close our eyes for a minute, and we're all just going to imagine that we are there, that we are there with Jesus when he's picking his A-team. So close your eyes, and let's just picture this. Let's imagine Jesus standing on a rock up ahead of us, and he's picking his core 12. He's picking his, his 12 key team. And, and we're stood amongst hundreds of other people. There's hundreds of us here. And one by one, Jesus is pointing to individuals, and he's calling them forward. And those individuals are being picked to be his A-team. And somehow you know that there's only 12 slots. He's only going to be picking 12 people. 
And I wonder, and I'm not going to ask you to share this, but I wonder how you feel in this moment. As Jesus stands there and is pointing to people and picking people, how are you feeling? What's going on in your heart? Do you think that Jesus is going to pick you? Do you kind of secretly hope that he does? Do you very actively hope that he really doesn't? How do you feel towards the ones who have already been chosen? As Jesus gets near to his core 12, he's got 10 people stood up there with him. It's beginning to become clear that he's probably not going to pick you. In your head, what is the reason for that? Why do you think that Jesus hasn't picked you? So before we go any further, I want to encourage you to maybe take your phone out and get your notes app open and just type that reason into your phone or type the thing that you're kind of feeling into your phone, the thing that you're thinking, well, actually, that's the reason why Jesus didn't pick me and this is how I was feeling when everybody else was getting chosen. We're not gonna, I'm not going to ask you to share it with anybody else. This is personal to you. Um, and we will circle back to it in a, in a minute. Um, but let's just take a little moment to... Write that down or just fix it in our brains. I'll give you 30 seconds and then we'll move on. Okay, we're going to come back to that in a minute. Uh, now, before we go any further, I'm going to get you guys to do some work if that's okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to hand you a little profile of four of the guys that Jesus did pick. So we read the list of the names, but those are just names. These are the profiles of the people that he did pick, just a little bit of information about them. Because it's kind of interesting to consider, like, Jesus could have picked anybody to be part of his core team, couldn't he? Absolutely anybody. And these are four of the people that he did pick. So what we're going to do is we're going to separate into four different groups. So if you guys want to go forwards, and Danny, if you guys want to go forwards, and the rest of you kind of bunch up there. I'm going to give you two or three minutes, and what I want you to do is grab one of these sheets of paper, share with one another, read what's on the paper, and then I'm going to ask one of you to come up from your team and just really briefly share who is the person that Jesus picked and what have you learned about them. So we're going to do this for about three minutes, so super quick. If you know something about the person that I hand you, please share it with the group, but if you don't know anything, there's a few little prompts on there, okay? So Gloucester Vineyard people, this is a moment to be hospitable. Um, let's go for it. Okay, I want a representative from each of your groups, please, who can give a 30-second synopsis of your apprentice. Uh, who is this person, and what would be their modern parallel? Please populate this space with your bodies. Come and stand up here. Nominate the most extroverted person in your group to come and speak. Okay, so here we go. So come on, join up. Okay, so... You've got to grab the mic if you don't want to follow Ben, because he's much bigger than you. Okay, Ben, you go first. All right. Uh, we have Simon Peter, and 
Uh, he's a fisherman and loud, and we talked about how he was always willing to uh, give his opinion about things and stuff. Uh, but the other side of it, too, that uh, Helm brought out well is that he uh, cared about what other people thought. So in the sense of, like, he's really self-confident when he was on top of things, but when came to denying Jesus, he didn't want to be on the losing side either, though, right? And so that was an interesting... Yeah. Uh, Yeah, fisherman. So we were thinking about just a tradesperson. Yep. Yep. Probably pretty middle class, pretty pretty normal. Yeah. Great. Very good. Pass on. So we were like, we kind of focused on the word zealot, and we were like looking up what that meant. Um, Who did you drop? Oh, oh, sorry, I forgot. We're not talking about so Simon, um, aka the zealot. So not Simon Peter. Um, So yeah, so we were looking at what that meant, and we saw that. Um, it was quite like um, passionate um, and um, not really working with anyone else kind of they're always right kind of um, vibe so yeah so and then we were thinking of um, a modern parallel for that kind of person we were just thinking of like people that are quite um, one track mind um, and then like asked about like work, how it would be to work with someone like that so um, we thought it would be quite hard to work with someone like that but we also said that it'd be, it's quite um, encouraging that Jesus picks like so many different people who like are just human um, and that yeah that he'd pick, he might pick us as well <laughs> I don't know yes, good. very good so, yeah, the, so that's brilliant Simon was absolutely passionate one of the things that's key about Simon was that he was quite violently passionate he took his passion with a sword and so he would, he would go and he would fight for freedom by stabbing people uh, and so like that's the kind of guy that, that Jesus has picked there yeah okay we had Thomas doubting Thomas but we decided we didn't really like the term doubting because everybody has things that they need to think about and question and so Thomas uh, yeah super deep thinker um, maybe analytic we thought maybe computer analyst might be that kind of person that likes to really pick things apart and go deep Um, and and we talked about how yes we need something like that on every team um, and that it just is one person in the mix, and it makes it, in some ways, it's harder to have that mix, but it's healthier, and, and there's space and a purpose for all, of, all personalities. Hi. Um, we had Matthew, a.k.a. Levi, who was a tax collector, and we said they were even less popular back in those days than they are now because... Amongst the Jews, they weren't even, they were collecting for the Romans, so it was just really, really bad. Um, and they were very much hated. And we were saying, um, modern comparison might be if you had a really down to earth working class group of people and you brought in someone mega rich who'd got rich kind of, you know, off the land or a politician or insert your own name here, I won't try not to defend anyone. Um, but, you know, someone that had got rich off, off the back of other people's hard work, I guess. Um, and we said that would be a terrible dynamic and probably no if we were in that position we wouldn't want to put someone like that in that group because they would be hated they would be hated within the group of course fraction within the group they would be hated by everyone we were trying to go and talk to and convince and so it seems like a terrible idea absolutely thank you all very much brilliant give yourselves a round of applause
Okay, so is any of that surprising to you as we've read those profiles? Any of that surprising? Yeah, go on, why is it surprising? Such a mix. Yep, like some people with some good backgrounds, some people with some absolutely shocking backgrounds. Some people who, yeah, sure, you might want them to like analyze your computer, but you wouldn't necessarily invite them to a party. Like, you know, like, be, like stop asking difficult questions, Thomas. Just go roll, roll with the punches, mate. Like, it, this is a really interesting group of people. And that really surprises me, because I think that when Jesus is picking his A-team, he really would have had the pick of the bunch. Like, and I think back to the moment of like, picking a sports team. Like, obviously, you pick the biggest, strongest, most capable people first, and then you kind of work your way down the list. Um, like, I have to believe that Jesus had better options than these four. There has to have been people that, were, like, that we would have picked instead of these four. Um, and yet we've just heard what we've got. We've got a whole bunch of like middle class, middle of the road nobodies with no leadership experience whatsoever and like no deep learning, just kind of normal average people. One guy is a despised crook, not trusted and hard to like. Uh, there's a couple of hotheads thrown into the mix who tend to kind of think with their fists and tend to make a bit of a mess. And there's a serious skeptic thrown in there who's yet to make up his mind about all of this and just asks the most annoying questions. And then there's the fifth. There's Judas. So Judas is the guy who's eventually going to betray Jesus. And he gets picked as well. Um, Mark's really keen to remind us of that. Judas comes last, and there's little brackets after his name, and he goes, and he's the guy who betrayed Jesus. And I think it's important that he reminds us of that then, because um, a couple of months ago, my friend Becca, she did a talk here, and she, uh, she illuminated for us that Jesus would have had some kind of knowledge that Judas was going to betray him. And yet he picked him anyway. He still picked Judas, even though he knew what was going to happen. Like, who does that? Who picks this team? Who starts at the bottom with the dregs and works their way up? Well, apparently Jesus does. Apparently that's how Jesus leads. Apparently that's how Jesus picks his team. And Jesus here demonstrates, I think, a couple of things that are worth noting for us. Firstly, just the reality that we measure with what we can see, and God looks at the heart and at the potential. You know, whether it's looking at ourselves or looking at others around us, we obviously can only see what we can see with our physical eyes, where God has the ability to look at the heart. And it reminds me of this story from the first half of the Bible called the Old Testament. God tells this guy, Samuel, that he's chosen a king from a certain family. And so Samuel goes to this family, and, and the, the dad basically lines up his children in, in order of most impressive to least impressive. Like, what a wonderful thing to happen within a family dynamic. But Samuel basically, like, starts at the tallest strongest henchest one and like works and he works his way down the list and God just goes no that's not the guy no that's not the guy either no that's not the guy either and like none of the sons are chosen and what ends up happening is the one that is chosen is the one that didn't even qualify for the lineup like with earthly eyes they were like this guy is so pathetic and weak and weedy there's no not even any point in bringing him along and acknowledging him as a son and that's the guy that God picked That's the way that God chooses his team. There's this lovely little phrase that God says to Samuel as he's trying to pick the king. He says, don't judge by his appearance or his height. Hallelujah. For I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So the first thing that we should notice that we measure with what we can see, but God looks at the heart and at the potential. The second thing to note is that Jesus is a generous leader. 
Rather than hoarding power for himself, he's looking to give it away. You know, make no mistake, Jesus didn't need helpers. He really didn't. You know, Jesus wasn't picking a team because he needed their help. You know, they added nothing to the equation apart from the fact that there were more of them. So by commissioning them, there were more of them they could spread physically further. But other than that, they brought nothing to the table. Like, he probably could have done it better alone, I think. Like, anybody ever done baking with a small child? It's kind of like that. Like, it's good to be doing it with you. Definitely could have done it better on my own. Jesus chooses to lead like this. He chooses to lead through others through others who will guaranteed do a worse job than he will. Why would Jesus do this? Why would Jesus choose to lead through people who are just going to do a worse job than he would do? I mean, to be honest, I don't know. Like, it's definitely not the way that I would do it. But I think it has something to do with the fact that he loves us. Something to do with the fact that he's generous in nature. That he has no motive to hoard power or significance for himself. That he actually wants to give power and significance to others so that we can grow to be all that he is. Okay, so maybe I do have a little idea of why he did it. And I think it's because of that. And so as we consider our question for this term, as we think uh, about the core and important aspects of who Jesus is and how he thinks, the first thing I want to highlight for us is that Jesus is a leader of people. But he's unlike any human leader that we've ever known. He's a leader, but he seems to pick the most unlikely people to lead. Jesus is the most effective leader that the world has ever known. Just look at the movement that has spread out in his wake. The guy clearly knew how to lead and how to recruit. But he does so by giving away his power. In a moment, we're going to break down into those four groups again, and we're going to have a chance to just chat and pray with each other about... um, about all of this. Um, But before we do, before we do, I just want to read one final bit from the end of Mark 3, which I think speaks really directly to this. Um, Because when I'm reading this and I'm thinking this, I'm thinking, how can I know, how can we know that we're the kind of people that Jesus would pick? Because that is an awkward moment, isn't it, where Jesus is pointing to people. How do we know that we are the kind of people that Jesus would pick? How can we know that we'd be accepted by him? And so I just want to read this little bit from the end of Mark 3. There's a little moment uh, in chapter 3, verse 31 to 35. It says this. And then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk to them. And there was a crowd sitting around Jesus. And someone said, your mother and brothers are outside asking for you. And Jesus replied, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And then he looked at those around him and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my mother and sister and brother. So Jesus' immediate family are standing outside. They're asking him to leave the work and come back to them. You know, early in chapter 3, they've actually said they think he's gone mad. They literally think that Jesus has gone mad. And so the answer to our big question this term, who is Jesus? His family has concluded he's a madman. So that's what's going on there. And Jesus is surrounded by a group of people. And we also learnt earlier in the chapter that these are broken people, ordinary people. Our Bibles are less subtle. The religious leaders called them the scum of the earth. He's surrounded by the dregs of society. Those are the people that he's chosen to be with. He's chosen to be with people with baggage, people with tempers, people with mortgages, people with worries, people with loads of questions, people with shaky future prospects. 
He's chosen to be with people who about 15 minutes ago wrote things on their phone as the reasons why Jesus wouldn't pick them. They are the people that Jesus has picked because they picked themselves. They are the people who see Jesus and get Jesus. They are the people who understand, even if it's to a really shallow level, that Jesus has come to save the world. They are the people who understand that even if they can barely believe it, Jesus wants to do it through them. They are the people who he identifies as his mother and brothers and sisters, his very closest family. And why? Why does he identify them? He says, anyone who does God's will is my mother and brother and sister. Anyone who does God's will. Those are the people that Jesus picks. The people who pick themselves, who choose to see the things that they wrote on their phone as to the reason why Jesus wouldn't pick them, but accept Jesus' invitation nonetheless. The truth is that Jesus would pick every single one of us in this room. He absolutely would. There's nothing that we could write on our phone that would ever discount us from that. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have healing that we need to receive. That doesn't mean that we don't have work that we have to do. It doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't want to come and meet us in our insecurities, in our anger, in our doubt, and move us towards wholeness. But it does mean that in that moment of first meeting, Jesus sees those things that we've written on our phones, and he says, come and follow me. Come and do God's will with me. Come and extend the kingdom of God with me. I see you. I know what you've written down, and I choose you. And so to finish today, we're going to break down into those four groups again, and it's just an opportunity for us to chat about anything that we want to. So maybe if you're feeling really brave, you might want to share some of the reasons we feel that we would discount ourselves, some of the reasons we feel that Jesus wouldn't pick us. Maybe we have some reflections on how we could be more generous with our own power and our own leadership, whatever that looks like. Maybe we want to talk about what type of people do we discount that Jesus might have chosen? And do we need to confess to ways that we've measured ourselves or others by the world's measurements? So we are going to just clump up in those little groups again, and please only share what you feel comfortable sharing. Uh, And Gloucester Vineyard people, this is a moment to take a lead. And so please lead people in prayer to pray for whatever we've just talked about. And at some point in the next five minutes, the kiddos will come back and join us and we'll wrap everything up. But until that time, please take this moment to chat with those people around you and we will come back together in a minute.